Hello everybody, welcome to Chakra Talk. Zoe, I'm Zoe, and I hope you guys have had a wonderful day today. So today we're going to be talking about racism because it's one of those things that has been on my mind since I was a little kid. Um, Especially within the last 9, 10, 11 months. Um, You know, due to, you know, the, the, the developments with, you know, the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and how, you know, we feel like we never get justice and more oftentimes than not, we don't. Now we speak about the times that we have, but unfortunately, we live in a country where the justice system wasn't exactly designed to benefit somebody who is of the African-American racial background. So I want to take just a moment to define racism. So racism, noun. It's defined as prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against a person or people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized. Marginalized. You know, another term for racism is racialism. And, you know, racism, you know, you know, takes, you know, takes a serious, you know, takes a different term. And another, another, I guess another form of racism that's we've really seen especially since donald trump took office back in 2016 you know i am happy he is you know happy he's gone but it's chauvinism which essentially is aggressive patriotism to counter you know to counter the social movement advocating advocating for just us us you know black people wanting to be viewed as human beings and also you know, legally, you know, basically granted the same basic human rights that, you know, uh, we really shouldn't have to fight this hard for. You know, it's sad, but that's how we, you know, that's a part of the, the bureaucracy of the United States. It's so sad, you know, when I think of a bureaucratic system, I just think, it, you know, all these loopholes and hurdles to get around, you know, passing legislation. You know, you know, whether it be, you know, fun, you know, federal funding towards improving infrastructure or transportation or this, that, and the third. I never thought there would be all these fucking bureaucratic hoops to recognize a group of people as fucking humans. Especially when you fucked up the people as mentally as you, ha- you know, you know, as much as you have mentally. And how that trauma has been passed on from generation to generation, depending on how long your family's been here. Mine's been here for quite a while. You know, the gentleman in my family that I said that my mother, my mother, you know, my mother's, you know, family, Stooks, they, they come from, they come from England, you know, they come from England and France. And I believe they may, there may also be one that came from the Netherlands, you know, but they come from England, they came from England and France and settled in South Carolina. My family is all different shades. My family is, my family, you know, my family is dark, super dark, very dark, mahogany, mahogany, walnut, this, that, third. It's like slight, slight, dark, bright, and damn near white. Like really, all of those things. Shoot, slight, dark, white, damn near white, and completely white. <laughs> white on rice, if you will. Like seriously, and that, you know, that and that is my family. That's all my blood. You know, how that happened, totally. You know, totally different thing. Maybe you know, maybe the South really isn't so racist if you really look at it. I always say jokingly. Go to Fredericksburg, Virginia. That is like, it's interesting how many Trump supporters live down there and how many white dudes with black wives there are. <laughs> Shit, I think there are more white dudes with black wives down there than there are in fucking Brooklyn. Okay, maybe not. 
But, you know, maybe, I mean, shit. I'm like, it's so, so sad when a Virginia town is giving Brooklyn a run for its money in that department. But it's also fucking hilarious to think about. And racism is one of those things that is hilarious, but very, you know, rather annoying to to look at and deal with on a daily basis because, you know, it's not something that I take lightly. It's not something that anybody should take lightly. But I also understand that it's not not always going to be number one on everyone's agenda because it's a number one on yours. You know, I have had a few experiences where I really had to reevaluate the words my father had said to me when I was younger about how just because you think these group, these people are your friends, you really need to watch out for them. I was like, oh, that won't happen. We'll be friends and all these other things. And I was talking about white friends because I had grown up in predominantly white towns, cities. And I went to school with predominantly white people. Like, it's not that there weren't any black kids. Well, until Huntington Beach, that was, you know, but... It, it you know is is it just it just was harder it was it was hard to see when I was younger but the older I got the more I saw that he was right. He goes you know it, you know we live in a very we live in a very very high or low key clicky nation and unfortunately a lot of times it might take place in a, in the form of excluding you based on the color of your skin. You know for instance I. I was in a Mormon Boy Scout troop, and this is always a, an interesting tor- story I tell. I was cool with everybody in the beginning, of course. It's the beginning. But over time, I'd realized that one kid in particular, this kid Thomas, you know, he had said something about me being annoying. And maybe he was right. Maybe he was wrong in that degree. But it's what he said about black women that really, really, really got under my skin. Again, as I'm raised by black women, you know, the most... You know, they're the most looked down upon, the most disrespected, the most passed over, the most abused in some way, shape, or form. Strongest women I've ever known. My mom, black woman, strong. She, to me, she is the strongest woman I know. I've seen the hell that she's gone through just to give herself and myself and my sister a better life. And all the hoops that she still has to jump through. She's ex-army. She's worked for a stockbroker. She's worked for an investment bank. She's done a lot of things in her career. You know, my mom really has. And my mom has excelled. My mom has excelled for, you know, a lot of people will say for a girl that came out of the hood. A girl that lived, a girl that lived literally on crack infested streets. In a crack infested apartment complex. You know, at any time a stray bullet could hit her. Could hit one of my, you know, one of my you know, one of her siblings or my mom or my grandmother or one of their friends. And oftentimes back in those days, it did. And people would still question her credentials like, is she even smart enough? Does she even have a college degree? Why is she not speaking ghetto? And it's so hurtful to hear things like that because people have set that behind my back when they didn't think I hurt them. And it's very hard to look at those people in the eyes and be like, how can you be so fucking ignorant? How can you be so ignorant to not realize that what you're saying is fucking stupid? It's wrong. And you really need to educate yourself. But these, these same dumb fucks won't do it. Because no one is ballsy enough to hold them accountable in a big way. It's not that we can't. Oh, we know how. If you really want to hold dumb racist fucks like that accountable in a big way, fucking record, or just fucking record them saying it and put it online. That, you know, cancel culture is one of those things where I like, I see there are ups and downs to it. 
a part of cancel culture is a little too too sensitive but another part of cancel culture works out fine and you know why it works out fine because if you because you know what there are a lot of bad apples that cancel culture really got people who did some very heinous things and you know and that's and that's you know that's just ugh. like I really can't even explain it. It's just fucked up. All of it. It's very fucked up. And you know that that would happen. You know, and what you know what I also noticed. Well, not even so much. You know what's noticeable. Not even what I also noticed, but what's noticeable is how in certain settings it's always like depending on you know the co- you know the color of the person skin like you know it it never really mattered with these predators but what i do realize is that if you were if the darker you were the harder the harder they went down on you you know no no pun intended um and you know and that's pretty much you know you know what it's like out there in the world for many of us you know you know, I deal with I deal with I deal with racism just in 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 both communities really. You know, I deal with racism because of because of how I talk or how I act or what I'm into. Many of those in the black community growing up told me that essentially they didn't think I was black enough, and that really hurt. But then I go into the gay community because I'm I'm a gay I'm a gay man. You know, and it's like you get so much shit for for something you know you can't control. I was born with this skin. And why and I be and I'm not bleaching this shit. This is beautiful skin. This beautiful skin. This beautiful skin and it holds beautiful features and it and it's on a beautiful person. And unfortunately, the world doesn't see it like that. A lot of times, a lot of people tend to look at it like that. And it, you know, it's like you're very nice and courteous to people of color. Maybe you have friends who are people of color, and I always ask why you wouldn't date. And you know what? Everybody is entitled to their preference. But it's about the way you say it's a preference. Because like I said, tone is everything. I always listen. I always listen for the tone. I always look at what your eyes are doing. Okay. That explains. But also listen to just other reasoning. Like when I was in, like going back to the Mormon Boy Scout troop. When I was in the Mormon Boy Scout troop, you know, besides the fact that I wanted to punch that kid Thomas in the face, like, for most of it, the fact that I didn't push his ass off a mountain is a true testament to to, to how 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 beat down the, the 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 you know the just the the idea of turn the other cheek was you know it was ingrained it was ingrained in me to turn the other cheek to never touch this person because the person that will be demonized the most is you 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 know it's like you know essentially I grew up with the I grew up with the mindset or the mindset or the you know with the mindset of you have no leeway in this society. You have none because unfortunately you were born with the skin that you were born in. And that really does hinder your ability to defend yourself sometimes. It really does hinder your ability to be listened to fairly. You know, whether it be if you were falsely accused of something or even in something like a work, something such as a work setting, you know, and, you know, and especially in a work setting, I always say, if you're a man of color, you really have to be careful. 
Like you could be the best worker, hardest worker in the world, but if you fuck up once, you fuck up once, they're looking at all the black people like, you're doing your people wrong. I'm not saying that's how they say it, but you know, it's pretty much how they say it, you know? In my experience, you know, in my experience, I've, I haven't really dealt with that. I've never really dealt with discrimination in the workplace based on the color of your skin and how that can be very detrimental to your overall mental state while you're at work. I mean, all of these things really do play within each other. And then you step out into these other spaces in the, you know, in the world in a society that thinks and functions the way ours does. And it can... It really can do a great deal of harm, damage, all of those other things. And a lot of other times we just were so wrapped up in wanting people to like us and not wanting to be looked at like that. But also many of us, and I can really only speak for myself on this, you know, we, we come from many cultures where, you know, we're taught to just hold on to it, conceal, don't feel. It's like you can't let them know because you'll be shamed for it. It's like you'll be shamed for it if you're, you don't express enough. And then if you express too much, then you're looked at as what the fuck is wrong with you? It's crazy. But these are all things that many of us go through. And some of us are terrified to share or express because many of us don't want to be judged. Which is probably part of the reason closet racists are closet racists. They don't want to be judged by society. There's nothing worse than being canceled by the world, according to those who have been canceled by the world. What it's like, you know, we always say, you know, really? Simple fix. Don't be racist. Easier for some than others. You know, I dealt with it even in subtle ways that I dismissed for a very long period of time as nothing. And then only recently I realized that it was more than nothing. It definitely was something that I had to come to terms with as something. I was hanging out with a group of friends two summers ago, and we were at the Staten Island Mall. It's late one evening. It was a Saturday night. We were about to go to Dave and Buster's and hang out for a little bit. Shake Shack was open, and we, when you know, one one friend said. I want a milkshake. And then two others were like, you know what? I want a milkshake. And then we were all like, fine, let's go get milkshakes. So we go and get milkshakes like any normal group of people would. But, the, you know, we're all laughing and having a good time. And just, you know, one thing led to another. And they were being too loud. And two police officers looked over. They were, you know, they grabbed a, they grabbed a bite to eat. And they looked over. And I noticed that they didn't take their eyes off of me. And that scared the hell out of me. Really, really scared me. I was absolutely terrified thinking that them being loud could be the reason that I don't lay back down in my own bed tonight. Not the only thing I lay in permanently is a body bag. And of course, they laughed at me and said that I'm just, you know, overreacting and that that's one extreme. Totally dismissing it as even a distinct possibility. That that is the reality for some people, just simply for breathing too hard or doing this or looking at a backpack 
or driving a nice car in a nice neighborhood or a predominantly white neighborhood when you're not white. Selling loose cigarettes on the street. Getting out a gun license. The list goes on and on and on. This all contributes to racism. But another thing that really contributes to racism heavily, despite all that, I will get into in just a second. But as I was saying, I am hanging out with these people and the cops keep looking at me. And I just get nervous with each passing second. More time goes on, the more nervous I get. And it seems like an overreaction. And at the time, I really thought it was because they convinced me that it was an overreaction. That I was overreacting, that I was crazy, and that I was kind of stupid for thinking like that. And the, only, and the only thing that I feel stupid for is letting them convince me or pushing me to the thought process of I'm crazy for thinking that this is how things could end up. Because in this country, I know things literally go from nothing to completely beyond something. In a snap of your finger, you could go from being, you know, a straight-A student at an Ivy League to being dumped in a money bag. You could go from being a simple black girl sleeping in a, in, in a study hall at Yale to being arrested and harassed and chastised. You could be a black person pledging for a fraternity. They haze you so much to the point where They essentially do to your anus what those three white men did to Emmett Till's face. This is a reality for some people. And this all has to do with racism. And I really think this just has to do with America. America the beautiful. Definitely want to talk about that as a whole. Racism is a big element of America. So this topic may be a recurring one. Just for dramatic, hilarious, but straight up brutally honest effect. The police officers that evening didn't do anything, but they did look at me in a way that made me uncomfortable. And that is something that I, again, dismissed. I was like, huh, I'm just overreacting. But I held on to my grandfather's voice that entire time, and essentially it was, stay still, be quiet, do what you have to do, get through. And that's what I did, I got through. And the guy, the gentleman behind the, the counter at the Shake Shack after we got in our shakes said to the cops, be safe out there. And I felt so, I just felt horrible. At that point, I just wanted to go home because that little thing made me feel, hum, feel humiliated because I know how quickly, again, those situations can escalate. It didn't, but it could. And the possibility that it could is the one thing that I feel like we culturally need to get to the point of letting go. But how can we when there's no guarantee it'll ever stop? We we can't even normalize that or appropriate it. Oh, and speaking of appropriation, let's talk about cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation is one of those beautiful things where a white person, take Kim Kardashian, or really any example that we've had in the media or on television or even... You know, guest TV characters. For instance, you take this girl on this show called Girlfriends, a show about four black women who live in Los Angeles, you know, gotten each other through life and all these things. Well, one of the main characters, Sister Lynn, who's half white, 
was adopted by a white family from Seattle. And her sister Tanya comes into town. But her sister Tanya is like, blacky black black. Like white and pale blonde as fuck, but blacky black black like listens to rap music and cornrows her hair and you know makes soul food and does all these things. And it's just, it's crazy to think, right? It's not something you'd think you'd see in the early 2000s. But she was blacky black black. But what really got her and shut her down for her in her place was they were singing, you know, the song H to the Izzo, you know, V to the Izzo. And she said the N-word in a salon full of black people. You can imagine how they looked at her. They didn't, they didn't beat her up. They didn't rob, They didn't do anything like that. But you can imagine that essentially that very moment in television history essentially reflects how we feel because she dismissed it that it was a word and that it was a song that it was a part of the hip-hop community that it doesn't mean anything anymore she tried to brush it off like it didn't mean anything and when what she didn't realize is how much that had hurt her sister lynn and how much that had hurt lynn's friends lynn had lynn had had the you know was generous enough to bring you into her life into all of these things and you fucking stabbed her and every black person you claim to be sisters and brothers and whatever else within the fucking back by saying those words and being dismissive. And that's exactly how I felt that evening. And that's exactly how I felt amongst that group of friends who dismissed my struggle. Granted, they were Jewish and I never ever once dismissed their struggle for what it was. But they took great joy to my face, behind my back, before or after the fact that my struggle wasn't anything compared to theirs. That if they were from the Soviet Union, that I don't know what discrimination feels like. One of their mothers actually said that to me. How fucking disrespectful is that? You talk about how you feel offended that a black person, you know, gets all these different advantages. Granted, I think it's being taken too far. I'm not going to, I'm not, you know, I'm playing, you know, I, I look at both sides. On the one hand, shit's really unfair and that's really how it works. And unfairness is the way to go. But for all of us, come on. That, that's, that's just unacceptable. But on the other hand, on the other hand, I get it, you know? Meritocracy should be, meritocracy. We should be a meritocracy. We should be given these things based on merit, based on experience, based on qualifications. Even some of the most qualified people on either side probably shouldn't have the job they have, but they, they still have it. Am I right or am I right? I'm fucking right. Of course I am. And that's the part that really stunk. It was, you say these things, but you don't realize how much they hurt because, you know, you, you know, because it's been thrown in your face culturally that it doesn't mean the fucked up thing it means. Well, newsflash. To some people, especially to some communities, it does. So it's always important to be careful what you say. Be careful how you say it. If you're going to, you know, you can't be using racial slurs like that on public. You'll get canceled. Beautiful thing. And another thing about cultural appropriation is African features. How African features just 20 years ago, certain African features like higher cheekbones, bigger butts, thicker thighs, bigger lips, you know, box braids, dreads, dashikis, all these other things that were considered, you know, ugly or unattractive or bottom of the barrel on black women are considered sexy and brave and all this other shit on white women. Tell me, how the fuck did that happen? America, what the fuck is wrong with you? World, what the fuck is wrong with you? You really think this shit's okay? I'm telling you, it's not. 
It's such a slap in the face, and that is incredibly disrespectful. And that's not coming from a place of bitterness. That's coming from a place of though, coming from a place from someone who belongs to a community of those who have those things naturally. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm a dude. I've always had the biggest ass in the class, though. No white girl. I'm like, barely any white girl can naturally match wits with me, ass wise. I know some black, some black bitches who used to give me shit because they were jealous. They were jealous that I had an ass and they didn't. Some people look at my lips like I know some white dudes who always tell me how they love, how they love my lips. They want to kiss my lips. They want to do this, that, and third to my lips. And I'm like, that's great that you want to kiss my lips and all this other shit. That's cute. That's sexy. Whatever. Of course you do because I'm fucking me and I'm fucking me. And if you play your cards right, you could be too. Uh, <laughs> and it's true. You like you could be. You know, some of y'all are stupid. So you you know you never make it that far. You don't, because you, because fuck you, um. But you know, but aside from all the all the obvious truths and shit and what I just said, like everybody being like them just being fucking douchebags and shit. Like yes, I get it. Those features are looked at as beautiful. And I ask my best friend the same question that someone on a group chat asked me about why certain features, why we go after certain features, why we think certain looks are this, that, and the third, and it all comes down to one word. And that word is conditioning. We've been conditioned to believe that this shit is beautiful. We've been, believe, we've been conditioned to believe that one race is superior to the other. And it may not be completely obvious all the time. And more often times, it's not. Especially nowadays. Certain groups of people want to stay in power. And guess what happens? Guess what happens when you have, have the group of people you want to oppress or all this other shit. When you have them unsure of themselves or feeling bad about themselves feeling low and down on themselves because they think their physical traits are ugly. You keep control over them and you can maintain that control for hundreds of years. Sound familiar? Because if it doesn't, you either haven't been listening or you're not from the United States and you don't know much about American or even Western European history. Because a lot of their history has to do with racial superiority, colonization. All of it has to do with, you know, with eerily, similar, eerily similar things. Taking what the natural land has to offer, oppressing the people that live there, and essentially letting them know that you're the dominant because I'm white, I'm white, I'm technologically advanced, I have the weapons, and I believe in God, and you're a savage, you're black, and you're all these other things. You have all these features that are unattractive, and I'm going to go tell the world that you're ugly. I'm going to tell the world that you're an ugly nigger, and that's how many of us feel. Many of us, again, I can really only speak for myself directly, but I do know that I'm not the only one that feels like that. And if you take anything from this video... Is that if you know somebody and you maybe you've been doing that, really, really take a look at what you've said. Take a look at your actions because I'm telling you something. They do make a difference. Even if you don't think they do because what's done is done. A lot of times what's done isn't quite done. Especially if it's someone you have to fuck with on a daily basis. You only learn that lesson a few times the hard way. Am I right or am I fucking right? Well, let me tell you, I'm not wrong. I'm fucking right. Cultural appropriation is definitely one of those things that just is disappointing. You know why? Because it, it's kind of like Black Lives Matter or those who are fighting for the rights of the oppressed. It's all the wrong people getting credit. It's all the wrong people getting credit. Black people marching for black lives isn't something that exactly makes big news. But, but, a, bunch of, but a group of white liberals sitting up there like, white liberals are black lives or some shit like that makes the news. Why are you getting, like, I always wonder why these platforms always gave them the credit. I always wondered. And of course, it's a white man's world. 
It really is. It is the truth. This really is a white man's world. And nothing is fair. Nothing is fair. Life isn't exactly meant to be happy or fair or just. That's just something we're going to have to deal with. But sometimes it means, but sometimes fighting what's right, fighting for what's right, isn't something you just lay down for just because life isn't meant to be happy, even if it means taking a bullet for it. Remember that too. Be passionate about something like this. And if any of these fucking fake ass sympathizers want to be like that, fuck them. Fuck them. Keep being you. If anybody ever gives you shit for how you look naturally, and you've got these natural African or Middle Eastern or Asian features, and one of these fucking douchebags gives you shit, it doesn't matter what color, what skin color, I mean, anybody gives you shit for it. Remember, they're just jealous because they want to be you. It really only comes down to that. There, you have something that they don't have. Whether it's your inability to, to burn in the sun like some people, or to look like skin cancer when you're 55, or any other thing. You have something that they don't. And they will always want to take it from you, but, but they just can't have it. Especially if you belong to a certain group of people and you've essentially been given everything your entire life. You just cannot have it. Because it's mine or someone else's. It's not yours. You just have to live with that. And if you can't live with that, then that's a you problem. It really is. But we really do need to reevaluate how we look at all of these different issues that tie into race and racism. And again, I hope you took something away from this. And it wasn't just me rambling for 30 minutes. That you actually took something out of this. If you're black, if you're a person of color, fuck them. Fuck them and keep doing you because I'm telling you something. You'll make it big. Trust me. And if you're white, shut the fuck up sometimes and listen. So next week, next week I want to talk about another topic um, that actually has to tie a lot in with racism, but I want to talk about it from within the LGBTQ community more in depth. So next week is racism within the LGBTQ community. I'll see you guys later.